0: Welcome to In Touch Podcast. I'm Brittany. And I'm Nicole.
1: And together we're here to help you figure out what's right for you and your wellness in this fast paced world. So, we thought today we would just get started by introducing ourselves and letting you guys get to know how we got started into self help, self care, how it's evolved for both of us, what we've done over the years. That's really worked for us and things that we haven't necessarily aligned with quite as much. Um, I know for me that there are definitely some self care, self help things that I've done that made tremendous impacts in my life, little things, big things, but I've also done some stuff too that I didn't find that helped me. Um, And I think really it is about figuring out what works for you individually. So our goal is to give you guys some ideas, pick and choose what works for you and what doesn't. And ultimately, we want to kind of cut out all that hard work that we've done and struggled with. So that way you guys don't have to do all of the investigating alone. So I'm Brittany, and I have been in the health and wellness realm of things since about 2011 when i first started massage therapy school and actually that's how nicole and i met and when i first got into massage therapy school i wasn't really even necessarily getting into it for like the wellness aspect i knew that it was a hands-on job i knew i was a hands-on person i always did think that massage therapists would be relaxed it would be a relaxing job because How can you help other people chill out and de-stress if you're stressed out yourself? So I did go into it with an intention that I was going to find ways to manage my own stress as I was trained in how to do massage therapy. I did not realize the holistic aspect that we were diving into when it came to massage. And I'm sure we'll get into that in this episode more too all of our Eastern background that we have from traditional Chinese medicine. But that was really the first time, and I think Nicole can say so too, that our eyes were open to this different way of looking at things. And and just in general, seeing how things work in nature and how similar that we are to our environment and what's going on outside and how everything has this ripple effect on everything else. And honestly, before then, I didn't really give much thought to that connection that my emotional and my physical and my mental body all had. So that was really the first time that I was exposed to that. I really thought it all made sense. I always, on a subconscious level, did understand that connection between our moods and how we felt physically But nobody ever came right out and told us in my traditional schooling how connected everything really was. Um, And then I also just grew up riding horses, living on a farm, being outside. Um, I got hurt a lot. I got thrown off my horse a lot. I always was in rough shape physically. Because of that lifestyle that I had and being around horses, they also got hurt a lot too from doing uh, stuff that we would ask them to do, or maybe they got into trouble out in the pasture. So my grandma and some other uh, people that I knew in the horse world recommended having chiropractic adjustments done on horses, massage therapy done on horses. So I always rode the horse and I could feel if they were lame or if they had something off. And again, same thing, like if their physical body wasn't feeling good, they would be moody or they wouldn't be feeling good either. And it really resonated with me. And I didn't even realize it until years later, looking back on it, how much those horses improved after seeing the chiropractor, after seeing a massage therapist. And it wasn't just their gait, um, or their, their walk or trot that was different, but it was also their mood too, and how happy they would be, how much relief they would have from those physical adjustments or muscular manipulation. So that kind of did spark something in me while I was younger. And when I went to college for my business degree, initially, I wasn't comfortable just sitting at a desk. I didn't feel that that was what I was here to do on this earth. I didn't feel happy in just my first semester or two of college. And I thought, how am I going to get through the rest of my life if I can't even sit in front of a computer um, to create an Excel spreadsheet? So that was what really made me start thinking about other things I could do. What was a trade that I could pursue? I knew I would never be good at hair or makeup, Uh, so cosmetology was out, and I didn't want to be a nurse because I didn't like blood, so I thought, hmm, how about a massage therapist? It's always expensive to get a massage. They've got to be making some money, and I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. I thought, how hard could this be? And then Nicole and I met at massage school. And that's really like I said, when both of our eyes got open to all of these new ways of doing and being, treating the body, taking care of yourself, never really understanding before that how important it was to literally fill your own cup up. And if you weren't taking care of yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, that you weren't going to be able to show up for your clients in the best way. Um, so that was eye opening for me, being that I was like 19, 20 years old when I started massage school. Uh, I like to party and I like to do all those things. And I really quickly learned you couldn't show up to class hungover. You had to stay <laughs> hydrated. You needed to take care of yourself to be that great massage therapist. And over the years, as I learned more and more ways to take care of my body and my mind and my spiritual self, I realized that those aspects were so important to take care of. And when I slacked or I didn't do all of my rituals and things that I need to keep my cup full, then I would start to slack in my work. Or I would start to resent going to work. Um, And it wasn't just about work either. It would be in my personal life, my financial life. And again, making all these connections to not just how I was feeling physically, but how I was feeling emotionally and, and how these all tied in together. And then in every aspect of my life, everything was kind of intermingled. So I feel that we were both really fortunate to discover this at a young age, relatively young age. I think a lot of people don't realize this until they're much older. Um, I don't think that we have it perfect. And I don't even think we should strive for perfect. Um, And I know that we can always be improving. We're always evolving ourselves. So what might have worked for us when we were 21 is different now in, in our later 20s. And that's okay. And just Being willing to learn and willing to grow, um, trying new trends, figuring out things that work individually for us for self-care is so important and not just in our career but also in our home life and our friendships Um, and then most importantly just showing up for ourselves. So I have discovered that as time went on... um, What really worked for me was getting into meditation and also moving my physical body. Um, I know that after a couple of days of not meditating or not exercising, I don't feel right. My, My physical body doesn't feel good. I could be sluggish or sore. And emotionally, I'm just not showing up as my best self. So Nicole and I want to share this wisdom that we have gathered. Like I said, we still have work to do, um, but I think it's really important that we share this stuff with everybody because these aren't things that we're necessarily taught as we grow up. They're not things that our um, moms and grandparents and everybody are passing on to us because these ideas of taking care of yourself especially as women, is a relatively new idea. I knew I grew up with this idea of self-care was selfish. Going to get a massage or nails done or taking time for yourself meant you were not focusing on your family or doing the tasks that you were supposed to be doing. And I looked at it as a luxury. And it's time now to flip that old paradigm on its head and to realize that when we take care of ourselves every other aspect of our life is going to get easier we're going to find better ways to cope with things we're going to have better boundaries we're going to show up as a better person and then we'll be able to take better care of the other people in our life um so yeah I hope I'm not going on too much
0: or repeating no. things. No, definitely not. that's um, good. Okay, good. And- um. Yeah, I was going to say that I think it's like important to emphasize that. Um, you know, self care does change from sometimes week to week, a year to year. It changes as the older you get. Our bodies change. Our needs change. Um, so we have to adapt to that and. You know, it's important to always be finding new things, but it's also important not to get stuck in just doing only one thing um, because that's not going to, you know, probably be enough for the span of your lifetime and not getting trapped in like cult-like type of self care or self-help stuff um, because that is out there and that's also a reality that we have to be aware of. And not everything that claims to you wanting to help you is actually helping you in the end. Um, not to be put a negative spin on it, but it's something that I've kind of realized as I've gone through it, that um, it can easily happen. Um, I don't know if you've yeah. seen Happen to other people, or you've caught yourself kind of like diving a little too deep into something, you're like, wait a minute. Right. And then actually putting
1: that pressure on yourself. Like, I know for me, when I travel or I'm around other people and I don't have the ability to wake up and meditate, and then I catch myself throughout the day beating myself up because I didn't give myself that five minutes. And I'm like, really? Maybe if I just take one conscious deep breath and get out of my own head. Would be more productive than getting right. upset that I didn't take that few minutes for myself in the morning.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's kind of counterintuitive at some points when you get like too, you know, worked up
1: about it. Yeah, and I know that even with our phones, like technology is so great to to be able to help us and they'll have the meditation apps and the reminders, but then is it just one more thing to check off the checklist, the to do list, or are you doing it because it brings you joy?
0: Right, exactly. Um, I guess I'll talk a little bit about myself, too, and how I kind of got into it and my story. Perfect. So um, I'm Nicole, and I kind of grew up the same. I was really into nature when I was young. Um, I always felt like a little bit different. I was really into like witches and like natural stuff and, um, you know, animals and stuff like that. Um, but interestingly enough, even though I was really into that, I wasn't in touch with like my emotions growing up. Um, I was always kind of, it was seen as a weakness to like cry or really show emotions or communicate effectively with others. Um, so that's been a huge learning curve for me in my life and I'm still struggling with that. But, um, so as I was growing up and I was really fortunate to actually know that I wanted to do massage since like ninth grade, um, it was just like a, such a sure feeling for me because even though I wasn't really able to communicate my feelings with people, when people were upset, the only thing I knew how to do was give them hug or rub their shoulders. And so I found by doing that, that I, that's kind of how I help others. And it was the way that I could effectively help others because I made them feel better. So with that, I decided to go to massage school. So Brittany and I went in 2011. Um, definitely part of me going there thought that this is kind of like a luxury thing as we were talking about earlier. Um, but I also knew that it wasn't really a luxury. Like, you know, this is necessary to feel better and to be more productive in life and get around without pain. Um, but my, I grew up with people that thought it was a luxury like my mother and my father never went and ever got a massage before i became a massage therapist um so i was kind of like the black sheep of the family in that sense not that they didn't support me but that it was like an odd thing i was doing um so yeah definitely at school it was eye-opening and i didn't realize kind of what i was heading into um just with even just the sciences background I don't think anyone realizes how much we have to know um and that was a shock but it was a welcome shock for me because I really found a passion for um when we had our muscles class I like loved learning the muscles and i still to this day it's like one of my favorite things in the body um so with that we also learned the traditional Chinese medicine that was really eye-opening and learning about chi and trying to define this thing that was is sound so mystical um and I think our teacher at the time like did a really good job of trying to bring awareness of that of chi and energy um and like kind of working on ourselves and grounding so I felt like that when I went to massage school and was learning all that, like, this is where I was meant to be. It was, like, aligning perfectly with who I am. Um, I loved it so much. And I graduated in 2013. And I decided to go right from that to another school because I felt like I wouldn't be able to do massage full-time forever. So I went to physical therapy assistant school. And... That was a huge shift and a huge shock to me. I immediately felt going there that I was very uncomfortable. The schooling, not even though it was like really good schooling, it was very sterile compared to massage school. We we're sitting on mats all day, and you know our classes are so informal compared to traditional school. And I went back to that sitting in a desk for eight hours a day. Um, and no one's touching each other, you know, no one's like hugging each other. We're not giving each other massages. So I just felt very disconnected um, with everyone. I didn't know really what was going on. Um, I almost actually left because I just felt very out of my element, but I stuck with it and I'm glad i did because that knowledge that I got from that degree was amazing. And I love every second of the schooling I did. Um, But in turn, with being in that environment, I became very um, disconnected from myself as well. And I knew it was happening. And I kind of just let it happen because, well, that's what everyone else was doing. And it just, I didn't really know, wasn't as aware back then. You know, I kind of just wanted to fit in. I didn't want to be the odd one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I graduated from that. And I think now kind of reflecting on it, doing this podcast and reflecting on back, I um, became very, very depressed. Um, I didn't know for a long time that's what was happening. Um, It almost seemed like once I found out that's what it was called was depression, it almost made it worse, which is very weird to me. Like putting a name to it made it worse. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I struggled with this. And I, because I am very holistic, I really didn't want to take medication because they have a lot of side effects and there's a lot of research on it that people younger than, you know, 25, it really actually increases the risk of suicide and such. So I was searching heavily on the internet everywhere about depression. What could I do? We you know what's the treatments. It seemed like there was nothing. And I don't know why my brain never went, oh, go to go see a counselor, go see a therapist. <laughs> but it took me a while to get there. So I, um, actually what the turning point was, I, my now ex-boyfriend and I broke up and this was kind of like, you know, the turning point in my life and mixed with the depression and everything. I had actually went to a counselor and I started reading some self-help books, started journaling and doing all this work. And I just realized that I connected back with myself and that's really what I needed in the end Um, because I was just so unaware of myself and I was so focused on other people that this gave me the opportunity to come back within myself and um, really work on what I needed to work on to be happy again. So I realized part of my depression had been partly due to me really not liking my job at the time I was working as full time as a PTA, um, in a hospital. And even though I I liked my job and I liked what I had learned and that I was helping people, I really didn't feel like it was enough. So, um, for a while now I had been going to an acupuncturist and I really kind of fell back in love with, um, Chinese medicine and that type of stuff. So I, I, became friends with my acupuncturist and we talked a lot about me going back to school and decided it was something that I was capable of doing. So I made the decision and I applied and I went back to school. Um, and I'm almost finished. I'm going to be graduating in August with my Oriental medicine degree. And, um, that definitely was not easy at all. The schooling, um, we had a lot of wrenches thrown into our studies there. And it was really stressful. And I found myself again, I had done so well with self-care and, you know, getting a handle on my life and depression and that kind of stuff. And then I was thrown into this super stressful situation and all of that kind of faltered again, um, especially my health. It's it's kind of ironic. I find if you talk to, I'm sure you found this too, Britt, sometimes And if you talk to other people that haven't been in the medical profession, when you're in school in such stressful situation, I think our health falters the most when we're learning how to treat people and how to be healthy. So, (laughs) um, even though I kind of stopped doing a lot of the things that I had been doing to get better, I, I picked up a lot of other healthy habits, like listening to really good podcasts that I learned to help like control my depression with. And, um, other things. And I feel like I've really grown in the past three years that I've been in school doing that. Um, and I'm really excited to get back to, um, doing more intense self-care stuff and learning more outside of just Chinese medicine. And, um, even though Chinese medicine is great and I love it and I'll use it every day. Um, I'm really excited to get into other things that we're going to talk about on this podcast as well.
1: Absolutely. And I think you bring up such a good point with when we're learning about all of these things to do to improve our health or the things like you should avoid or we're just taking care of other people as patients for the first time, it can be really difficult to take care of yourself in all of it. And when it's almost like the writing's on the wall and you know you're not doing those things that you should be doing to take care of yourself. Um, from all levels, mentally, physically, spiritually, it can almost set you back a little bit more once you realize that you are actually in control of being able to make those things happen in your own life. Um, I know that's, for me, something I really had to work on when it comes to practicing what I preach. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure just in knowing you and knowing other people who have gone to school for like things that have to do with healthcare. Um, especially from like an alternative standpoint, we almost have like extra pressure on us in a sense to do the things when it comes right. to self
0: care. Like I don't know if you feel that way too, but Yeah, I mean even just like when you go to your now looking at regular doctors, I feel like almost all the doctors I see are like overweight and stressed out and they're not healthy at all. And it's like okay (laughs) I feel like they've gotten off track too and it's just it's so easy to when we're trying I think we a lot of the times you don't realize we're taking on all their patients yeah stuff too it's easy to do absolutely Um, and then at the end of the
1: day you might even feel like so depleted from taking care of everybody that you want to go home and just unwind turn on Netflix pour a glass of wine and you're not really thinking of maybe I should decompress move my body Uh, you know, get outside, do all of those things, like when it's just easier to find a quick fix.
0: Yeah, for sure. We're all Americans, at least are about the quick fixes. I think it's in every country too. But yeah, I think it's a human nature, you know, we have we want to take the path of least resistance. When sometimes we have to, you know, we have to force ourselves to do the things that might not might be more time consuming at this point, but in the long run, it'll be better for us. And it reminds me, um, a counselor that I got to work with at school she that I go to um she was really big on not saying should Mm -hmm. and I've really gotten the habit of doing that because I think what I was doing at the beginning of my schooling I was putting so much pressure on myself that I just wasn't able to do anything so once I started taking the shoulds out of there and just did what felt right in the moment and like you know giving myself some kind of routine but not stressing myself to the point of like oh well I should do this like just be like no what do you need in this moment and asking myself that helps really a lot yeah pressures of yourself and society absolutely
1: and that was you know I had a similar path to you in the sense of like going back to school and trying to like fulfill more of like the career but also you know what do I need for myself and So when I did go back to school, I really quickly realized how important those day-to-day things that we did in massage school, like meditating and stretching, made schooling so much better. But it took me a while to realize, to implement, and do those things. Um, So when I went back to school, it was definitely difficult at first without that guidance and support. And like you said, that energy of sitting on the floor and being able to like hug your classmates and stuff. So it took me a little bit to come into that and on my own. um, But exercise was really a big stress reliever for me. And it was all like about the physical. And then after I was in school for a while and I had completed my bachelor's degree and I was going to go on to my master's degree, I was feeling really burnt out. I was working a full-time job bartending, but then I also had uh, my own massage therapy practice so I would look to this physical exercise as my stress reliever, but I think what it was doing was depleting me even more because I was already running around all day long. And then if I didn't get the exercise and I'm like beating myself up right over not doing that, but I already was burning the candle at both ends. And yeah. then um, right around that time, I had an opportunity to go and teach for massage therapy school where we graduated from. And that was really my dream job. That was where I saw myself when I was, you know, 50 years old or something like that. So I had to take the opportunity. And I was so fortunate to be able to do so um, while completing my master's degree. And it was really ironic because I was going to school for occupational therapy and I just never felt like it was me. And I never felt connected to it like I did with massage, even though it was Mm -hmm. a very hands-on career and you still got to help people from a holistic standpoint. I never had that connection like I did with massage and with the Chinese medicine in particularly. And then that's what I started teaching was Chinese medicine and call it the universe, call it whatever you will. But I was getting so far from that love of shiatsu and and learning about the meridians and the acupoints that I loved in school, I had gotten so far from that, you mm-hmm. know, five years later, and it was just cool to look back on it, and even at the time, to be like, wow, this is what I've always wanted, and now I'm being pulled into that direction, and I felt like I needed to honor that, and that I dealt with, I can't think of the word for it, like, I think it's imposter syndrome. Where, like, you don't feel like you're even good enough for the role. And, like, why me? And I did struggle with that a lot. I mean, I do to this day. Like, how Mm -hmm. is this even, uh, you know, my life? But once I got into that role, I really quickly realized that if I wasn't doing all of my self-care stuff, I couldn't show up in my career as the person I wanted to be. And I definitely could not show up and at home or in my real life because I just was feeling burnt out. Um, so because of that, I really got to deep dive into really taking care of myself. I found a meditation practice through all of that, that worked for me. And if it wasn't for that, like almost getting to the point of burnout, I wouldn't have started implementing my self care, but I, really do blame it too on that imposter syndrome I was having, because I'm like, I can't, uh, you know, talk the talk without walking the walk.
0: Right. Yeah. I feel like I get it. Even if I do walk the walk, I'm like, am I qualified? I don't know. It's, it's imposter syndrome is real. Like, Mm -hmm. I just, I think, well, it's also like, you know, just not being confident in yourself, but I'm at least I think I'm getting better about
1: that. Absolutely. Um. I think we both are. And it's just been cool to like see that growth and just like accepting where you're at. I think you you said that and you hit it uh, perfectly nail on the head because I, as a, as somebody that people go to for a massage or me teaching my students or whatever the case is, like, I just feel like I want to meet people where they're at. Like, I don't want to give people these unrealistic expectations. And then it's like, you have to turn around and do that same thing for yourself too.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I learned that quickly about meeting people where they're at, especially working in the hospital because these weren't people that specifically wanted to see me for therapy. It was like, nope, we're gonna give you therapy because you need to be able to walk to leave here. And I learned quickly that instead of trying to force people to do what I wanted them to do to get them better, I was, I had a serious conversation with them and I would be like, Hey, do you want to get better? Like, what is your goal? Because at the end of the day, like I'm not going to be there the rest of their life pushing them to do things. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, meeting people where they are is like so important in every aspect of your life, whether it's relationships or your clients or yourself.
1: Yeah, Um, absolutely. And I think like with my massage therapy clients and with my students, Uh, I just feel sometimes that there's this expectation of me that has to be met. Mm -hmm. And if I now approach the situation that I'm in with, hey, this is where I'm at. I'm not perfect. And this is what I'm doing that's working for me or for other people or whatever the case is. I think it's even better received than putting yourself up on this like pedestal of look at me doing all these things and how wonderful I am doing at it. Um, when you when you come at it from the, your real life perspective. And that's what I hope to share on this podcast is just our raw, honest journeys of what we've gone through and what we're doing that works and what hasn't worked.
0: For sure. Yeah, I um definitely want to be authentic. And I will talk about stuff that's difficult and that a lot of people don't like to talk about. But <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm a talker. I'm known for if you ask anyone, I'll talk about anything in my life. I don't really have a boundary with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no filter. If I think it's gonna,
0: yeah, no filter. If I think it's gonna help people understand me or help people understand themselves, like I don't care. Life yeah, life. We all go through the, a lot of the same stuff.
1: And I know what resonates for me the most too is when somebody is talking honestly about what's going on in their life, how they dealt with it, and then maybe not every piece resonates with you or works for you, but just taking those little pieces from it and that's what I've always loved about learning from alternative medicine or traditional Chinese medicine any of that because not every and even modern medicine too not every single thing is going to resonate with you and it's not going to work for you but once you can like just grab little snippets and take them with you yeah I think that's what it's all about collaborating and and making stuff work for you
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, this is I mean, that's just what I think in my my entire life with anything, um, especially even just like healthcare. care. You no, know, massage isn't going to fix everything. Uh, Chiropractor is not going to fix everything. Acupuncture is not going to fix everything. We can help with a lot of it. But even for me, an example I have is one time I like my neck, really, I really like, cranked it out of place or something. And it's happened a couple times, and one of the times I went to the chiropractor and acupuncturist, the first time the chiropractor worked, and acupuncture really didn't help, and then the next time it happened, acupuncture helped, but chiropractor didn't, even though it was the same injury. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's an example of, even though something works for you, it may not work every time, or maybe something won't work for you at all, and that's fine. you got to find your thing. And it's, you know, not giving up, and um, even with self-care stuff, so... Um, that's what this podcast is really about, is finding what works for you. Um, yeah. And with that, I wanted to ask you for right now, like in your daily um, day-to-day stuff, what is your favorite like, self-help or self-care or um, health care regimen?
1: My favorite thing to do, I would say, overall, is just starting first thing in the morning. Not really knowing, and not to say it has to be the exact same thing every time, Um, but just starting first thing in the morning, before I look at my phone, before I get on social media, before I check my email, whatever, I need to take that time for myself first thing. And then it doesn't really matter what it is. If it's meditation, if it's going and jumping on my trampoline, if it's journaling, whatever it is getting outside. But it's about starting first thing before I pick up my phone and start getting other energy information into my self. So, but if I had to like say my perfect favorite thing to do is to wake up, make some warm lemon water. Um, And before I do that too, I do like to brush my teeth first thing. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. and I know people like to hold off on that, but I like to just wake up, brush my teeth, uh, put my warm lemon water on the stove. And then I will sit in some meditation for anywhere from, like, 5 to 15 minutes, just depending on the day. Um, Mm -hmm. But usually if I do, like, 10 minutes, I'm – that's really good for me. Like, I just feel content with that. After 10 minutes, I start to get a little jittery. Mm -hmm. Um, So then I'll drink my warm lemon water and do some journaling. And that's, like, my perfect morning. And then after that, I need to get movement in right away. Yeah. So – That sounds great. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I, I just find that if I don't move first thing in the morning too, Mm -hmm. I'm less likely to do it. I might go on like a walk or something later in the day, but I don't have the energy to do other stuff, I guess. Um, and I feel like everybody says that, but it's so true. And I noticed that more during this like quarantine time, because I was just always somebody who had to like get out of the house at a certain time. So like, I would get that movement in before I left the house because I never would have a chance again for the day. But now being home, I've been able to slack on that. And as soon as like a couple of full like weeks went by where I wasn't in that morning routine of moving, Mm
0: -hmm. my
1: body started hurting, my mind started getting a little (laughs) all over the place. And I realized it was the movement I was missing first thing. So but how about you? What are you doing as far as like, self-care
0: um so I would say like immediately right now um because I am back home staying with family it's been quite the transition back so It's I think I've been here for two months now but I'm like don't have my own space which is really big thing for me um but I think the one thing that helps me get centered no matter what and it's nice to be back home to be able to have this because where I lived before I didn't really is to be able to get out in nature it's time and time again through all the years that I have been on here on earth, like going out into nature is the one thing that centers me. Um, it's, I don't listen to anything. I don't listen to music. I don't listen to podcasts. I just go out in nature. I listen to the birds. I breathe in the fresh air. Um, I really just take it all in. And that's kind of, I I do meditation as well, but that is a meditation for me as well. Um, and sometimes I just sort things out in my head. So it's a little bit of journaling mixed in, but, you know, in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's my favorite thing to do right now. And that's kind of my favorite thing to do all the time. Yeah, but I know. That. You know, in the winter, it's not always available. So um, during when I was living back at school and in school, the thing I used to do probably most consistently was some type of journaling. Um or listening to podcasts. That was kind of my routine because I am, I do tend towards depression or depressive days, I guess I call it, I get into a funk. Mm -hmm. And when I feel that I'm like, okay, I need to do something. So it's either journaling or listening to a podcast that usually helps me get out of that. And that's taken me, you know, a couple of years to figure out kind of what I need to do um, when I start feeling like that. But yeah, so that's nature right now is my favorite because it's starting to get summer out. We're supposed to have nice weather at the end of this week. Um, so Yeah, really I love excited. it. And
1: we both live in upstate New York. I mean, we're still hours away from each other, but mm-hmm. we don't get great nice sunny days often. So when we do we have to soak them up. Um, and I just know that even if it's ten minutes outside, that is is great on a cold day whatever it's like okay if we can suck it up and get outside for a few minutes bundle up and do it and then I never regret it I mean even when my fingers are ice cold I'm still like Mm -hmm. happy I did it
0: (laughs) same um what is your I know I have a lot that I struggle with but what is like your least favorite or like what you struggle with being consistent with or just least favorite in general that you know you like probably could do more but you don't type of thing that's a really good question I think this changes for me
1: just as much as my favorite (laughs) not Mm -hmm. really but kind of (laughs) um so I would say journaling I struggle with journaling I am a sloppy handwriter. I write really fast and I think you and I've talked about this before but like slowing down while journaling is really beneficial to me like if I actually like take the time to write neatly and slow down I do think it's better for me but I'm an impatient person and I think journaling sometimes can lead me astray Um, but even though that's the case I always feel better after I do it but I just sometimes Mm -hmm. will like get off on these weird little almost like dark tangents Uh Um, so, and I'm sure that's like super beneficial and healing to do that, like shadow work, whatever, but journaling is definitely right up there with one of my least favorites, even though I do get a lot out of it. And then the other thing I would say would be like doing any sort of like crafts and you talking about like the should, what we should be doing, Mm -hmm. because I like buy these things and I think, oh, I'm going to like do this DIY something with it. And then (laughs) it sits. And then I look at it and I'm like, oh, there's that blank canvas because I wanted to do that painting (laughs) or something. And like, so I guess, um, you know, maybe I have a mood one day where I get that and think that's a good idea and I'm going to do it. And then Mm -hmm. it causes more stress in my life when I like look at it as just something I didn't accomplish.
0: Right.
1: Um, So I'd say like any sort of like crafty stuff I just don't have the patience for it and maybe that's part of the journey too is to Mm -hmm. find that patience Mm -hmm. um and I was really bad at taking care of plants because I (laughs) love plants but I would just bring them home to to kill them so (laughs) in the last year or so of my life I've done more research I've read books I watch YouTube videos on how to take care of plants so
0: now it's no longer my least favorite thing to do. I need to do that too. Cause I feel like I kill every plant I touch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I'm like, why? I yeah. love you. Just, yeah. Can't you live off my love?
1: <laughs> yes. Seriously. Get a um, succulent.
0: <laughs> yeah. I killed those too. Those, don't. Don't, those aren't even any better. <laughs> um, I, for me, I know, um, I know what I struggle with completely. It's uh, exercise. Um, I've never been one to like exercising um but i think because i had the like the wrong definition of what that looks like um i i grew up i figure skated so i did that i mean it's not like i wasn't active yeah. um but i think i have this uh, this attachment to it has to be balls to the wall or nothing type of exercise for it to be like good for you mm-hmm. um but i'm slowly turning that narrative um flipping it and right now I'm taking away the should and I'm just being like, you have to just move at least once a day. Like it doesn't, I don't care what it looks like. It's if if it's a walk, that's fine. Like I don't have to be, you know, cardio to the max, which I don't do well with anyway. But, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, you know, right now it's my easy things I'm doing is walking or yoga. I have to do one of those a day. If I want to do something more, that's completely fine, um, but I'm not pressuring myself to do something I don't want to do, but I have to move because I know that movement is life yeah um, so I'm I think having that mindset slowly gonna get me better um, and get me into where I can do more strength training fine I need to find what works for my body the most, and I'm still in that process, yeah, but I'll get there eventually and I know I will, so you know that's, that's where I'm at right now with that. Right. Um, And we want it for the
1: long haul too.
0: You know, I, I
1: used to do really high intense cardio workouts. Um, and I loved them at the time. And I was quite a bit younger. I was probably like 21, 22, and now I'm like almost 29. So the time doing that was amazing. And I remember always saying to myself at that, like, I get to do this. Like there are people who are not healthy enough that can't move around like this and Mm -hmm. I didn't realize at that time that it was like a mindset thing and I had a really cool trainer that I worked with in like a group fitness setting and they were really inspiring too but that like super hardcore workouts weren't really doing anything for me as far as like I was hitting a plateau um I was still working at a bar. So I was eating like a lot of like fried food and stuff Mm -hmm. like that too. So I wasn't like seeing results. So I kind of fizzled out of that. And then once I got into yoga, Pilates, slowing down, doing workouts like that, and I could see like muscle definition. um, And my diet was improving too around that time. I was getting more plant based. I was not eating out as much, not eating as much fried food, not drinking as much alcohol. So like it was the combination of all those things. Mm-hmm. But I do think like the high intensity workouts served me for a while and I did get a lot out of them. But I think for the long haul, it wasn't really good for my knees. I I would feel like really tired. I can remember sometimes getting up, going and working out really early and then coming home and sleeping for like three hours. <laughs> and I'm like, this is kind of a little bit
0: counterproductive.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, so it was cool to go through all of that though and experience different types of workouts to, to come back to realize what mm-hmm. worked for me the most. Um, and I love hot yoga. And that's something I've missed the most during quarantine is not being able To do my hot yoga practice because Mm -hmm. I would get such a good sweat, but it was a low intensity workout. There was no jumping, Um, you know, like your heartbeats still getting up, but you're not like doing intense cardio. So So that was cool. Um, But, you know, I think really it's about what can serve you for the long haul, too. I Mm -hmm. love going to group fitness and everything but like sometimes doing I where I live I have to drive like 25 minutes to get to these classes
0: right so now
1: you're dedicating two plus hours to a workout yeah it's not really sustainable
0: no definitely not yeah I definitely do better in group situations too when I there was like for like maybe 10 months or so when I was living at home still um my sister and I would work out every morning um, and I definitely, I stuck to it because we kept each other accountable. Um, but again, we were doing more intense level, um, stuff at some point. Um, and I was like feeling okay, but I was still eating junk. I mm-hmm. didn't know anything about nutrition really. Um, and then we had done, I don't know if you know, heard of Pyo. Yeah. I beach Pio. body workout. <laughs> love Pio. It's a mix of Pilates and yoga for those that don't know. And like, obviously I like yoga cause I do it now and it serves me. Um, so that I found like, I felt the best, um, instead of like bulking up muscle. Um, and so, yeah, I just definitely, I get the whole, um, having a group to do it with really keeps you accountable and maybe one day I'll get back to that. And that'll be something that helps me stick with it for long-term as well. Absolutely. And I think like, you know, when it comes to accountability, that
1: is such a huge part and like setting even, a schedule for yourself, not putting too much pressure on yourself, but just knowing like coming at it, this is so good for you and you're doing it for yourself. Mm -hmm. But that accountability piece, maybe you do have a group of friends that you're in a group chat with and you like share your exercise each day um, or whatever the case is. And sometimes I feel like I will share things on my Instagram story or my Snapchat story and like it's for me I'm doing it to like keep myself accountable but then there's also that little piece it's like maybe if one person is inspired by my post today to like drink more water or move their body then that's awesome too but like doing it for yourself I think holds you more accountable but then doesn't put that huge pressure on you either yeah for
0: sure I definitely like to Document when I'm doing stuff on Instagram to, for both the same reasons. Um, I just have one more question for you. See what you want. I want to see what you say. So you we're talking about how you're almost turned twenty nine in October, right? Yep. Um, so and I turned twenty seven in August. Um, it's hard to believe. I feel like I'm still twenty one. I know. <laughs> um, but what would you tell yourself? if you could talk to your 20 year old self, like what would you tell yourself and how to get by in this crazy world? What what advice would you give?
1: I would tell myself to slow down, stop and smell the roses. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm getting that now. And I'm getting that a lot, probably because of quarantine, but my soul, my body has been telling me to slow down for a while And Mm -hmm. it's kind of crazy what's happened in the last couple of months for me. Um, I was feeling really overwhelmed with so many things going on and then for everything to just really slow down. Um, So I've had time for introspection to realize what's important and what matters to me in life. And do I have any regrets through my 20s? No, not really. I mean, there's some things that were a little silly, but I think that that's what I would tell my 20-year-old self, though, is to just slow down. Like, what is the rush? Why do you feel like you need to get so many things done in a day and Mm -hmm. um, when it's okay? Because I have had a really good life. There's just parts of it that I feel like I missed because I was on fast forward. Right. So Mm -hmm. how about you? What would you tell your 20-year-old self? Mm
0: -hmm. I probably would first and foremost scream at myself to just go see a counselor. (laughs) And I could leave it at that and I'd probably be like better off. But, you know, you know, my life is, has been what it's been and it's not been bad. I've struggled, but that, you know, everyone does and I've become better for it. Um, But I think if I had had a counselor earlier, um, I might have been able to go through certain things with more ease um and just learning things like trusting my gut and um something that I've learned more recently too is about how I tend to want external validation for myself but it would have been cool to learn that I don't need others validation like all I need is myself for that Mm, I Um, love that so that would have been great if I learned that earlier but it's okay. I'm learning it now. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> and here we are like not even 30
1: and, you know, saying these things where I feel like sometimes people have their whole lifetime and they don't figure right, that out for so, sure. I think very we're fortunate super, for that. Yeah.
0: Super fortunate that we, I think massage school really set us up well for how we've gone through life so far, um, with that type of thinking and seeking help yeah. when we need that type of thing absolutely
1: all right yeah I love it I think we covered a lot and I do think that what we want our listeners the most to get from this is to just like hear our journeys hear our stories Um, by no means are we experts when it comes to all of this like we're just learning too so I think taking everything with a grain of salt, questioning everything, doing your due diligence and figuring out what works for you, because we're always evolving and changing too. So that's the theme that I think we'll have here the most is just sharing our stories and kind of just delivering hope and messages that have worked for us.
0: Definitely. I'm very excited to see where this goes with you. Me too. Well, thanks so much. Thanks everyone for listening.